Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and we're coming to you live from our new studios in Woodland Hills. Very excited to be here and to be with you this morning because it's a topic that huh, uh, I think we can all use and it's worth discussing for all of us today. This is sort of, we're winding down our Parent to Parent series. Good morning, Laurie. So thrilled to have you here. We've been doing these parent-to-parent -parent talks all summer long, and I think this is like the last one for a little while, although it occurred to me today, Traven, that uh, we still have one more that we have to do because we have to talk about funding and insurance because it's, it's now at the time of year when we really have to discuss that because some of you are going to have your open enrollment, and now is the time to be looking at your insurance and looking at your funding for next year. I know, it's a little crazy-making. But you can make hay while the sun shines right now because a lot of you have already met your deductible. And now is the time to really know those numbers and to look at them and to see if, if, if you've reached your deductible and you're in the place where you're, all of your health care for your entire family is free for the rest of the year, that would inform some of the choices that you were going to do. If there were things that you needed to get done, it might be cheaper now might be we we you know so we really kind of need to do that show too so we might add one more and if you guys write in and tell us other things uh uh oh you don't want it to end oh enjoyed these bummed um well i mean what it just what it just means Lori, is that we're going to be welcoming back some of our fabulous guests so um uh, we just kind of needed to get the the studio in a place and get COVID in a place where we could have back live to you know having people in the room but it won't meet, we won't end with having little segments that are parent to parent. That's, look, that's always going to be, right? Because you know what I always say, we get through this together. We hold hands, si se puede, right? I always say that. So good morning, Kirsten. So thrilled to have you here with us this morning. Uh, so thrilled. By the way, we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other places. Our fabulous Traven is going to show some of those to you in just a second here as we move forward. Liliana. Good morning from Riverside. So thrilled to have you here with us. So, um, but we're live in all those places right now. We love to be live. We're called Autism Live. So we love to be live. And, and I personally love the live interaction. I think Traven does too. Um, he's reminding you to subscribe and, and to like all the things we do. Because we're also available as a podcast. And really the vast majority of you watch us in podcast. And we podcast, we're available every place that you can get podcasts as a free download. Argentina, so thrilled to have you here. Good morning. So um, I would just say to you where it's very interesting all the different ways that people download the show and watch the show. Our thing is we don't want to legislate it for you. We want 
for you to be able to find the information wherever you need it. Because our goal here is, is to provide information and inspiration. That's what we're about here. Tilly, hello from Texas. So find it where you want it. But the one thing that we encourage you to do, because we don't have this big marketing budget, we never have. We just really count on you guys to tell other people. May is watching from Rhode Island. Hi, May. Um, so please tell other people. Like us, subscribe to us. We love to have reviews on iTunes. That gets us to more and more people because it puts us up in the ranking and then more, and then it suggests it for people. So if, they're, if they liked something having to do with autism, it'll actually, actually suggest it. So that's a way to help other people find it. Another thing that I recommend to people is if you're watching on whatever platform you're watching, they usually have a way of letting other people know it. So like on Facebook, all you have to do is put, if, you know, and talk to them before you do it. But you can put someone's name in the comments and then they'll get a message and they'll go right there and they'll find it. Um, but I would talk to them before you do that. Say, hey, how about if I do this the next time I'm watching and that way you'll be able to find it. Because, um, you know, not all of us are technological geniuses, uh, especially myself. So uh, love, love, love for you guys to be able to tell other people about it. We always say here, take what is useful to you here, leave the rest. We don't, this is not a one-size-fits-all thing, right? And, and we're welcoming everybody to this conversation, starting with people who are, of course, on the spectrum themselves. They're the, the beating heart of our community, right? We welcome their voices always. In fact, if you haven't checked out our show, Stories from the Spectrum, it's only their voices, Right. And we love that. So, but they're the beating heart of our community. But then we welcome everyone who loves those individuals, everyone who is working with those individuals, everyone who cares about those individuals. I really feel like if that's not the entire world, why? It should be the entire world. And, and that's the movement that we want to be on, that everybody in the world loves and respects individuals who are on the spectrum. And I mean that sincerely, loves and respects their voices, what they want, what they want to choose, their destiny. But let's include in that their rights to be able to learn, to be, you know, to have education and to learn the kinds of things that they want, not arbitrary just because society said, right, you guys all know. You've been here, you know. That's the, that's the, the party line here. So, so thrilled that you guys are here. But, and you can be writing in live as we have this con- conversation. A uh, couple of other things. I like to remind everybody at the start of the show, we do have experts on the show, and we're kind of going back to that modality, and I'm so excited to have experts on the show. I'm not an expert, and I never claim to be an expert, and I'm certainly not a doctor or a lawyer or any of those things. What I am is a pony, and I love being a pony. I'm a proud parent of a neurodiverse individual, and that's a wonderful thing. And I, I welcome all of you who are ponies, whether you're parents or partners of individuals that, um, that are neurodiverse, we, we welcome you to be here because we want to further that conversation, right? And I, I've been a pony for a very long time now. I'm not the oldest pony. <laughs> you know, I, I pay homage to my, um, the pioneers who, who got there before me and paved the way for me. But I have been here a minute or three and have been hosting shows about autism for well more than a decade and have been interviewing experts. So I always say, you know, I'm not an expert, but I have my own informed opinion like you do. And I, I share it a little too freely sometimes. 
but I do share my opinions and uh, I like to share things that I've learned that I think are going to be able to help you. Things that I want to put in your backpack that might make it easier. Because if, if my experience of it doesn't make it easier for you, then I haven't done my job today. You know what I mean? That's, that's where I'm coming from. So today we wanted to um, talk about a very important topic, which is managing parent stress. Because I think this is the linchpin in the whole thing, right? If we can manage our stress, we will be doing a better job. Um, but uh, do we want to do, do, do our message right now, Traven, before we get started? And, and that way we'll, we'll do it. I, I think probably we should. So uh, we've been sharing a very important message with you guys. We're going to continue to share it because it's super duper important. Um, we covered a story a couple of months ago about a new study that showed that there was a higher incidence, a significantly higher risk for babies that were exposed to acetaminophen in utero. So if a mom was pregnant and took acetaminophen, and, and this is not the mom's fault, right? Because this was prescribed by doctors. They were told, we were all told in that certain era that if you were pregnant, the only safe pain medication you could do was acetaminophen. So we all took Tylenol and Excedrin and all these other drugs that contained acetaminophen. And now we're finding out from a very important study done by very important people that um, our children were at higher risk for uh, being on the autism spectrum. And that it appears that there is some correlation. Of course, the, the research is ongoing about this. But in the interim, and let me just say that this was the National Institute for Health that conducted the study and um, that, that funded the study, excuse me, that it was conducted at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg. So this was not fly-by-night people. This is not some you know, weird publication. This is the real deal, right? And uh, as a result of this, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is urging quote, careful consideration before using any pain-relieving products during pregnancy. So I'm asking all of you to tell all of your women friends that. I, we need to be having these conversations because you know they're not going to cover this on mainstream media in a way that the information gets to everybody. So I'm just going to keep asking you guys to tell all of your women friends um, about this, this concern. However, for those of us who took these uh, medicines, you know, anything that contained acetaminophen, whether that was Tylenol, Excedrin, so many other things, and now we have children that are on the spectrum, what do we do? And, I, and this is the important message. If you or a loved one used Tylenol or other medications containing acetaminophen while pregnant and later gave birth to a child diagnosed with autism, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Yes, I said that. The law firm of Shapiro Legal Group is now evaluating potential legal claims by parents of, of autistic children. I am urging you right now to call Shapiro Legal Group today to see if you may qualify for financial compensation. Uh, please spread this message to your friends in the community uh, who may be unaware. There are time deadlines uh, to, to file a claim. So really, I'm urging you, don't wait. Uh, that number that you want to call, you can call Shapiro Legal Group at 888-657-0455. Again, that is 888-657-0455. And you can also contact Shapiro Legal Group by going to their website and filling out a form at shapirolegalgroup.com forward slash autism. 
I do need to tell you that Shapiro Legal Group, PLLC, associates with attorneys throughout the country to help people nationwide, is licensed in New York and Washington, D.C., and has its principal office at 60 East 42nd Street, New York, New York, and that this ad was read by a non-attorney spokesperson. That would be me, non-attorney, but proud to be a spokesperson for this because this is important and I want to get that information out. Good morning, Christina, Lily. Uh, you know, and uh, you're absolutely right, Draven. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll do that a little bit later on. We have a video of it that we'll show you later on. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but Liliana is a pony. There we go. Christina, good morning. Okay, let's, but remind me later, Traven, because we will we'll also run the video about that as well. Okay, so uh, let's talk about parenting stress. I, I don't have my head attached with me today. I had a plan, and then I off-roaded the plan. It's all good, and Traven just puts up with me. So managing parent stress. Shall we start with this? So, um, because this is an important thing, and I think in order for us to begin to manage our stress, we need to get a little bit clear on what we're doing, right? I'm always talking to you guys about the why. So I want to ask you for just a minute, I want you to sit here with me, and to allow yourself to dream for a second. And everything's on the table. I, I want you to, if you need to, close your eyes for a second, take a deep breath, and dream about a future that you could love. What would it look like? What would you be doing? What would your child be doing? Just take a moment, allow yourself to breathe, and if you start to feel any anxiety, push it aside. Remember, this is a dream, and in your dream, you could have won the lotto so you could be a billionaire. You know, in your dream, all things are possible. What does your dream look like in the future, if it was perfect and if it was wonderful? And and I want you to, like, from time to time, allow yourself to dream because I feel like sometimes people take it away from us and say, you don't get that for whatever reason, but, you know, because you have, because you yourself have autism or because one of your children or more of your children have been diagnosed with autism, that it feels like someone takes that away. For whatever reason, and there's so many different reasons, I'm telling you, nobody can take that away from you. Not anybody. You are allowed to dream whatever it is that you want to dream, and it's very personal, and you don't have to share it with anybody. Hi, Aisha. Hi, Susie. So we're taking just a moment to dream about the future. Now, a lot of times people think that our dreams would be these big, huge things, that our child is president or... You know, um, but I find that for me anyway, and you guys can write in and say if you want to, but you're under no obligation to write. But for me, when I would dream about the future, and my husband and I used to do this. Can I tell you? Somebody recommended this to us, and I I wish I could remember who because I'd send them a thank you note. But um, when things were spiraling for us and we were having the hardest time and there was no money and we were fighting for every little bit of services and we thought, oh my gosh, you know, we might be homeless in all of this mess. 
somebody recommended that we do a grounding exercise between the two of us, but you can do it by yourself. You don't have to do it with your significant other, but if you can and they will, what a powerful thing. And we were told to sit on the floor and hold hands. You can do it on the bed, on the couch, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But we sat on the floor and we held hands and it was just a minute that we would close our eyes for a minute and dream. And then what we would do is we would open our eyes and we would tell each other what it was that we saw in our dream. And for me, it was simple. I will be honest with you that I did dream about having other children. That did not come to pass yet for me. And, and I dreamt that they were adopted and, and we ended up not doing that. And that was a conscious choice at one point. But that was what the dream entailed, that we had more children than just one. And that we, you know, we were always living in apartments that we were renting. And I, and I, in my dream, we were living in a house. Now, I would love to think that in my dream, it seemed like we owned the house. That has not yet come to pass, but we rent a house, right? Uh, in my dream, I had written a book. I don't think I thought that the book that I wrote was the one that I was going to write. But the biggest thing in my dream was that we were all still there, we were all healthy, and that my son was doing well that my son was happy and doing well. And I think at a certain point, I pictured him in college, right? Which has very much come to pass. But it was this happy little one minute thing of us being in a house where we felt safe. Oh, I pictured that we had a dog too. And we do have a dog. She's Cujo. <laughs> like, that's not the perfect thing. But I just want to say that that little one minute, and we would do it Maybe, you know, we tried to do it every night, but it didn't happen every night. Maybe once a week, we would take a minute and sit on the floor and hold hands and do this. And I, I don't want to tell my husband's dream either, but a lot of his dream has come to pass as well. But I will tell you what it did for us in the moment was that it got us focused on the fact that we were people that were bigger than the poop storm that we were currently in that we did still have dreams, that we did still have things that we were moving towards, and it kind of focused it for us, right? I, I love that there are people that will tell you if you, if you have a dream to uh, draw it, uh, to draw what it is that you want to go to, and, and it's supposed to have some mystical ability to make it happen. I don't, I don't know that I believe in the mystical. I believe that what we focus on becomes the thing that we spend the most time on. And that if we focus on how wrong everything is, that is what will come to pass, that everything will go wrong, right? And if we focus on the fact that we can dream, then, then we make room for that and then we make room for other things to happen. But I, I, I want you guys to think about if you could dream today, and maybe you have to take it one step away, if you could dream today, what would it look like? What would the thing be? Um, and I'm, uh, we're, I, we're all giving hugs today to Christina, who's, who's having a hard day. Uh, and I love that other people are sending you hugs too. But here's one from me. Big hug, okay? And I want you to know that dreams are possible for you too. Doesn't always seem it. Doesn't always feel like that's attainable for us. But I'm here to tell you that it is. And I want you to dream about what is the future because um, there's a very real thing that you need to be there for the dream to happen. If you aren't here, then it's less likely that it will occur, right? So this has to become a, we fold that into this mix of why we need to manage the stress. 
We have to manage it because if we don't, we run the risk of not being here. There are very real things that we see um, impact our lives, uh, and stress is one of the biggest ones. Stress will impact your health. Stress will impact your child's health, which is one of the most, I know if you're here, it's one of the most important things to you, right? Uh, It will impact your child's stress level. And studies have been shown that it will impact your child's progress. Now, for some of you, you're like, now wait a second. My child, I'm, I'm doing so well. I've got my child in ABA and we're, you know, and my child is making all this progress. I should be allowed to stress about it and that should not affect that. I know it would seem that way on paper, but it's not true. They've done all kinds of study, studies where if they reduce the parent's stress level, then the child makes more progress. That's a reason to want to manage it. And the reason why I'm bringing this up and bringing this home to you is that I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, that for a lot of us, we are so busy doing and doing everything for everybody else that we kind of poo-poo our stress until it gets to catastrophic levels. And then we have to face it. And I want us to try to work on it sooner. But I, I feel like we won't unless we feel like it benefits somebody else because we're not going to do things just to benefit ourselves. That's the kind of selfless people that I know you guys to be. Um, Erica says, had stressful days. My son is getting more hard to handle, screaming and hitting, and I don't know what to do. I went to my, my room just to take a minute, but he started to bang hard on the door and got mad. I wish I knew what was wrong with him. He has random anger and screams, and he hits me. And Erica, I'm sending you a hug too. And I want you to know that there is hope and there is help for you. That part of the reason why he's hitting and screaming is because he doesn't have a different way of communicating to you what it is that he needs. It's not that there's something wrong per se, right? Like it could be that what what he is communicating to you is my stomach hurts, right? And so I think we would put that into the classification of something is not right, right? Wrong is a very hard word for a lot of other people. But something isn't working for him and that's why he's hitting and that's why he's screaming. And the more he goes on in time and doesn't have a way of communicating, and he may not know what's wrong. Like, I mean, I think we can all relate to that, that sometimes we're like, I don't know, I don't feel right, I don't feel good, right? And if we didn't have a way of saying that, how would we communicate that, right? Or you've have had the experience where somebody says, what do you need? And you're like, I don't know. I don't even know what I need, right? Um, so... So first of all, I want to put that into your backpack, Erica, that something is going on. But you need help. You need help, and there's no way to get through this by yourself. And the fact that when you removed yourself and put yourself in the other room to take a breath, that he came and was banging at the door, made it very clear that what he's saying is, I need something from you. And it might be because you're the only person that he feels like is listening to him right? It may not actually be something that you're capable of giving, but he feels like you're the person. So we need to get you some help and support ASAP, right? And if you want to email me and and we can get more granular with it, you can. My email is shannon at autism-live.com. I don't have all the answers. 
Um, but maybe if you tell me where you are, we can hook you up with some support with where you are. Um, but as you watch um, today, I'm going to give you some suggestions. And Christina, I'm saying, I see you. I see you, and I see what an amazing mom you are. Okay? Uh, so I see you. Um, Irene says, my daughter who has autism is taking a PE class, stress management in college. So we are both doing the techniques she's learning in class. How fabulous is that? Um, uh, Okay. And I love that you guys are writing to Christina. That's wonderful. So we're getting clear about why we need to manage the stress because it's about, it's bigger than us. It's not just us. You know what? Having it be for us would be enough, but for those of us who struggle with doing things just for ourselves, I wanted to make sure that we know that it's important. So the first thing I want to do is take a little bit of a check-in with everybody to see there are different levels of stress. And I think it's important to recognize where you are at right now, because if if you are at mild stress and you're handling your stress and I give you strategies for doing that, and you are at urgent, you are in panic mode and you need support immediately, you're going to go, this is not helpful to me, right? It's just not helpful to me at all. So take a minute here and look at your stress level. Are you somebody that's like, okay, I notice that there is not a level on here that says not experiencing stress because all of you are experiencing stress. But are you at mild, you're handling it, moderate, you know you need some help, but you're not sure how to make time for it? I think that's going to be the lion's share of you. Some of you are going to be extreme that things are falling apart and you're no longer able to cope. And it's like some of the wheels are still on the bus, but wheels are starting to fall off the bus. And then I, you know, if any of you are at urgent, listen, we've had it before where parents are at urgent that they are literally in a panic attack right now and they need support immediately. It's not about, you know, email Shannon and Shannon will give you some support. Okay. So let's, let's start, once you know where you are, pay attention to the slide where I give you tips on what do we need to do when it's, when it's this, right? And you'll notice that some of them are across all things, but at different points in it. So let's take a look. So when you're at urgent, and when I say urgent, I mean you, you literally are having a panic attack right now, and you're at the point where you're thinking thoughts that aren't great, right? Whether it's that you're thinking of running away or hurting yourself or somebody else, right? Um, It is an option to call 911. I'm going to be honest. It's not a great option. People are going to show up to help you and they're not going to have the right tools. However, when we are at urgent, it is an option. I want to express caution when calling 911, but I would rather have you call 911 than do something to yourself or someone else. Can I be clear about that? Um, I also want you to, and I asked you this the other day, to think about who you trust. And while we are not an urgent, hopefully we have picked this out. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you find yourself at urgent and, you know, but you got to call somebody you trust. There are other options available to you that on the back of all of your health cards, there should be a mental health number that is a hotline that you call and have direct access and you can call it. They will tell you if it's urgent to call 911, they have to do that to protect themselves, but you can talk to them on the back of your mental health card and you can say, I need help urgently, right? 
Um, you can also contact someone on your medical team or your child's medical team and say, we need help urgently. That might be if you're in California, your regional center, it could be your ABA provider. I'm, when it's urgent, you, you, you can't think and when it's urgent that it's going to go away on its own and that you can do it without help. When you're at urgent, you need help immediately. Another option is to go to an emergency room. And again, I realize that this may not be the best possible thing, but when we're in urgent, we're going to take things that are less. People do go to the emergency room for panic, for mental distress. The last time that I was in the emergency room for my irregular heartbeat, there was a dude who was in there who was having a panic attack. And I listened to them dealing with him with his panic attack. And I was like, you know, this isn't the worst thing. They're not always really equipped. And I will tell you that they will ask you questions that are going to make it worse. They're going to ask if you're a drug addict. They're going to assume things. You know, it's not perfect, but if you have to, rather than hurt yourself or hurt your child, go to an emergency room. And then this last one here, if you can, leave your child with someone you trust. If you can't, take your child with you. I want to caution you that all of these things will trigger an avalanche of things that you will not have full, complete full control over, which in the moment for you might bring up more panic. If you go to an emergency room with your child and you say that you're having a panic attack, they're going to bring a social worker. And the social worker may take your child and place your child into social services until you are better if there is no one else to do it. That may happen and it may trigger a whole bunch of things. However, this is better than you hurting yourself or your child. Okay? Um, So urgent, and when I said urgent, I mean urgent, urgent, urgent. Um, I'm just looking to see, um, okay. So, uh, I think some of you now are like, oh, okay, I get it. Urgent may not be the actual place that might be that I am in. It might be that I'm an extreme. And I think that extreme is often a place where we will get when we are parents of kids on the spectrum. And I, I need to say this because I didn't say it at the beginning, but I said it on Monday. The stress that we feel is almost never caused by our kids themselves. It is about us trying to get to the services to help our child. That's what causes the stress, right? And if you are, if you are someone who's thinking that it is your child causing the stress, I want you to back up three steps and think, if I had the right supports to help my child, would this stress be better? And I think you'll find that for most of you, that's the absolute truth, right? So when you have extreme stress, here are the things that I want you to consider doing. I want you to stop everything that you can, anything that isn't essential, anything that isn't making it better in the moment. Now, this people get a little upside down on this sometimes. If your child goes to school or to therapy, you, you know, in the moment, it might be stressful for you to get them there, like it might be hard to get them in the car. But the truth of the matter is, is that they're, when they're there, you get respite. Don't stop that. But stop everything else that's kicking your keister. If you have to, um, you know, take time off of your work, and I know that that's hard, but you should have some uh, stress and mental health time that you can, right? Um, 
stop, you know, if you are on the, the PTA of your child's school and it is one of the things that you're having to do, stop that. That's something that could go off the, you know, you can't do everything. We had this talk the other day, right? Um, so stop absolutely everything that you can. And that means if a friend is stressing you out, you just like block your phone for a little while. There's even now things on Facebook you can take a vacation from someone without unfriending them, right? So stop everything that you can. Find the people that you trust and tell them, I am in extreme stress. They may or may not listen to you, but say, I need help, right? Um, and, and, And it's okay to say, I'm not even sure what I need, but I'm having a hard time. It may only be one person that you can tell, but I will tell you that for a lot of us, the telling of it removes a substantial part of the stress. Ask for a break from the people you trust. Last night I was on the phone with a dear friend of mine that was the person that I called and said, I need a break. And she drove to my house and she sat and did puzzles with my son while I sat in a park. You can ask for a break from people that you trust. I do want to say to you, don't berate yourself if the first person you call that you trust says, I can't do it, right? Life is hard for a lot of people, and sometimes they can show up and sometimes they can't. That doesn't mean that they don't love you, but you can feel like you can, like keep asking until somebody is able to uh, give you a break. Of all the things that you need to prioritize right now, the thing that is the best for you right now, if you're in extreme stress, is rest. That you have to prioritize, prioritize having some time to rest. Now, rest is going to mean different things to different people. One of the things that I always said was, it was so stressful getting my son into the car and wherever we were going was always stressful. And one of the things that I would do is I would put him, he had a five-point harness in his car seat, and I would get him into the five-point harness. I shared the other day that he would be pummeling me while I was doing that until I got help for that, right? But as soon as I got him in the five-point harness, now he is contained. And I would turn the car on and turn, turn on the air conditioning so that we would not get overheated, but I would take a minute. I would take a minute where, and it might mean that I just got to take three deep breaths, That constitutes rest, my friends. We will take it where we can, when we can. And taking three breaths before driving a car anywhere is a really good strategy for staying alive, especially when you are in stress. But if you can tag team, if you're with a significant other and you say, I'm going to take 15 minutes and I'm going to go sit on the floor of the shower and let the water rain upon me, do it. Take that time for yourself. A lot of times you have to ask for that to be able to do that. But if you are able to drop your child at, you know, a place where you have reasonable, that they are safe, whether it's with a friend, school, a therapy center, you know, take that time and prioritize rest. You might be thinking, but I need to order groceries or I need to pay this bill, whatever. Yes, but remember that if you're not there, then those things won't happen. So prioritize the rest above everything else. I also want you to talk to your doctor. Now, I know when I'm saying these things that sometimes they don't end well, right? I talked to my doctor when I was extreme stressed and they wrote me endless prescriptions for things that I couldn't do because I couldn't drive and do them. Valium, whatever. 
uh, Erica, my email is Shannon at autism-live.com. Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, at autism. I know you know how to spell that. And then it's the hyphen, the dash, live, L-I-V-E dot com. So email me and let's talk. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so I was saying a lot of times they will just prescribe you something to numb and for some people, you can manage that and you can do that. I can't drive and do Valium. I can't, and, and I am not somebody that that's a good choice for, you know. Um, so that didn't work for me, but I continued to talk to doctors until finally they were like, you know, maybe we should get you some more help. If you're not going to take the medicine, and, and by the way, for some people, they will offer you uh, those um, what do they call them, uh, the reuptake inhibitor um, things that, you know, because if you have been depressed for a long time, the fact is that your body won't make the, the chemicals anymore that help you to regulate your moods. Uh, if you need to go on medication and medication is right for you, do that. I'm not a medication um, gal, and it's and I will tell you that if you're on medications, you got to fight for the right to be on the right one, and if it's not helping, you got to follow it up and go back and dee 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 dee. Um, but the other thing I want you to stop doing is I want you to stop pretending it's okay. You know how you know people you you know talk to you and they see you and they go hi how is everything and we automatically go everything's great right? I want you to stop doing that. And I want you to, when appropriate, say to people, you know, it's a very hard time because you need that. You need for people to understand that you're not a machine and that things are hard. And I think what happens is that sometimes then those people feel okay to go, oh, you're, you're a safe space. You're somebody I can count on. And I also can say it's a hard time right now. And then sometimes you can help each other. And I don't know, it just, there's a part of it for a lot of us that's like, oh, uh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who's having a hard time. Um, And yes, Christina says, sometimes I go out to the car alone and scream as loud as I can. You know what? That's not a bad thing to do at all um, because you're not scaring anybody. You're not disrupting anybody. And sometimes you just need to get it out. And, and can I tell you honestly that you have the vagus nerve that runs down the side of your neck. I'm probably doing it on the wrong side. Um, that when we sing or scream, it, it uh, activates that vagus nerve and it actually helps to reduce stress. So, uh, you know, just don't hurt yourself. Um, but if you need to scream in the car where you're not bothering anybody, that's ac- actually a really good thing to do. And it's not even on the list of things. So I'm glad that we brought this up. Okay. So this is when you're in extreme stress. This is like your 911 for extreme, right? Before you get to the urgent, we really don't want you to get to urgent and, and you will, if you're in extreme and you don't manage it, you will get to urgent. Um, okay. On the other side of things, why did it not go? Wait a minute, it's not going. And now it's going to go 32 all of a sudden. There we go. Okay, if you're in moderate stress, which I think probably is the vast majority of us, right? When you're in moderate stress, I, I here's like, you know, the things I want to pack in your backpack for you. But the first thing you have to do is get willing to change. You got to get honest and acknowledge that it's not working. And if you can do that when you're in moderate stress, you're going to be in a much better boat. 
because if you get into that, into those extreme and urgent, it's much harder to turn the bus around, right? So if you're in moderate stress, you got to be willing to say to yourself, this isn't working, and so I got to try another thing. This is when we circle our wagons. Circle of the wagons is when you pick and choose the people that you're going to trust. And look, there's categories of things, right? There's maybe you have one friend that works very, you know, sporadically and maybe could even use some extra work and so you could hire them to come in and babysit for you so that you could get care. By the way, if you have any kind of a care provider, like if you're in regional center here in California or they have this in other states, um, you can ask for respite and you can hire your friends to be the respite. There's a way to do that where you know the person who's coming to your house and they, and the state wants you to get that respite care because they know that it will be much cheaper for them to pay a friend to watch your kid than to pay to hospitalize you for a week because your stress has gotten too extreme. So I really, if you're in moderate stress, I really want you to sit down and think, you know, what's in your plus column? Who's in your plus column? Who do you have that you could call that you trust? And it's kind of shocking. I know one person who uh, said to me, she said, you know, I I have all these girlfriends that I thought were going to circle around me when my child was diagnosed with autism because a friend of hers, um, one of the other friends, uh, her child had pediatric cancer and everybody circled around her and they did a meal train and they were so helpful and they helped her to get through it. But when her child was diagnosed with autism, it was crickets and the women were nowhere to be seen. And it was her brother-in-law who was like, what do you need from me? And actually moved closer so that he could be of help because they said, we're going to be going through some intervention and it's going to take a couple of years. And he said, I'm going to move closer I want to help you through this. How amazing is that? And you know what? You won't know until you reach out and you say to your friends and family, we're going through something and we're having a tough time and I don't need you right now, but I need to know if I did need you, how could you help me? And you will hear things like somebody will say, if your child ever needs to be picked up from school, I can do it. Or somebody who also says, I go to Trader Joe's every week. If I can pick something up for you from Trader Joe's or your grocery store of choice, I can do it for you. And then there are going to be other people who are going to suddenly fall out of your lives. And you know what I say to you? When that happens, hug yourself and know that better for them to do it while your stress was moderate than being the person that you were counting on when it was extreme and you called and they let you down. Some people aren't up to the challenge. Let's not judge them and let's certainly not judge ourselves as being unworthy because they weren't there for us. Some people just aren't up to it. But circle your wagons, know who your your community is. Your child is going to need them. And when you have multiple people that you know and trust and people are going to come in and go out, it's going to it's going to be, you know, in and out kind of thing. Um, you know, just keep cultivating your circle. And I will tell you, as time goes on, it becomes more and more where it's other families in the same boat, right? Uh, But you will get some people who don't have children with autism who end up being really helpful. Uh, Please be honest with yourself and other people about realities so that, you know, we're not playing the game anymore of it's all great. I am so guilty of this. 
that I act all the time like it's all, you know, and, and certainly when my son was diagnosed with autism, I was like, I am going to be great and I am going to figure this out. And it was all lies. I was shaken in my shoes and, and I, and my inside said, I can't do this. I did not feel like I could trust anyone else but my husband with that information, but at least I was honest with myself in the beginning and I was honest with him. And then as time went on and I met other autism parents and I got honest with them and I said, this is freaking hard and I don't think I'm up to it. And other parents said to me, yes, we all feel that way. You're okay. You're fine. And you're going to survive it. That I began to see that there was a way. But it wasn't until I was willing to be honest with myself and others. And by the way, I shared this the other day when we talked about aggression. When my son was hitting me in the head, it wasn't until I got honest with myself and I got honest with my ABA provider and said, he's hitting me and something bad is going to happen. That the good things started to happen, right? I didn't get to the good stuff until I was honest about it. I will tell you that editing everything that isn't necessary is imperative. I, um, there's a very famous person who, um, after, uh, I, I want to be very careful here, but it was one of those things that, uh, a, a very famous person had their child diagnosed with something that wasn't autism. And then they very publicly made a decision to take on a whole bunch more work. And I was like, mm -mm, that's not what you do. That's not what you do. That to me was running away from all the things that had to be done. And look, we all feel that we want to do that in different ways, right? But uh, instead, I want to encourage, and as a friend of mine said, you know, what her friends should have said to her was, this is the year that you're not in charge of the PTA bake sale. Uh, and the thing that she took on was much bigger than that. So I, I want you to, there's some stuff that just isn't going to happen. Can I tell you, Rachel Bird, who's going to be here and doing the show with us, um, we're going to do a show called uh, Let's Talk All the Things. And Rachel is a panic. She's Kobe Bird's mom and one of my best friends, and I just adore her. And we were talking recently about cooking, and she cooks, and oh my gosh, she makes the most amazing things. And I said, you know, I just really don't even cook anymore. And she said, what are you talking about? You cook all the time. I was like, no, you're remembering a previous me. And like, you know, maybe a little bit in COVID, but I really don't cook. I reheat. And uh, I, I've like perfected the making things, you know, make it look like it was from scratch, but it's not. And she was like, what are you, what are you talking about? You no, 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 no. And, and then we had a laugh the other day because I was showing her all the things. When she goes to Trader Joe's, we, we we're both have gluten-free, casein-free families. Uh, but what she buys and what I buy is an entirely different experience, right? Because I have said cooking is uh, cooking from scratch for me right now at this point in my life, not necessary. That I will do that again some other time, but I have edited it out. And I always used to be the person who would buy the carrots that had to be peeled, the full length carrots in the bag. And now I buy the ones that are already peeled that are the short ones. And I used to think, buys those. Like you can't peel a carrot. You know what? I can't right now. I'm too busy. And that's the level of editing things that aren't necessary that I'm that I'm 100% serious about. If, if you ask yourself, am I the person who is required to do that? Or is it something that I could give to somebody else and say, you're in charge of that? If it doesn't have to be you, shove it somebody else's way or say goodbye to it. Wave goodbye to it on the barge of life, right?
Uh, it is so important when you are at moderate stress level, don't isolate. It is what we all want to do, and, and our life gets smaller, and our kids' life gets smaller, and then we feel like we're on a planet alone. Please don't isolate. There are all kinds of things like the Taka coffee breaks. There are places that you can go to be on Zoom meetings, to talk to other parents. Please, please, please. Now there are events that are happening in person. Take yourself to those events so that you can see I'm not alone on a planet by myself. Uh, you want to arrange for breaks. You have to make yourself accountable for self-care, and you have to make time to breathe. It could just be that three seconds in the car seat. We have, uh, we did this like, I, I don't know, I want to say 10 years ago, we made a meditation for stressed out parents. It's me um, talking you through a meditation and Traven, because he's awesome, found it. It was in our sound file somewhere and we're going to figure out how we share that with you. Are we going to put it on our Facebook, Traven? Is that what we're going to do? I don't know. He's going to tell me. Um, but you got to make time to breathe. And, and it's an 11-minute meditation, but just the three breaths absolutely help. Okay. And then if you are in mild stress, and stay with me, guys, because I'm going to get to the part where we talk about real things that help. And I know you guys are writing in. It's not forwarding for me anymore, Traven. Can you get me to mild? There we go. Uh, if you're at mild stress and you have loved ones on the spectrum, first thing I want you to do is congratulate yourself because you're remarkable. That's amazing. Um, I want you to, while you're at mild stress, identify who you can partner with for accountability to keep it that way. Because when you have a buddy, and by the way, this is for all of the other things as well as mild, but if you have a buddy and say, you're going to be the person that I talk to, that I'm going to, that I'm going to admit if I didn't do my self-care, if I didn't keep up with whatever, like if you have somebody to be accountable for, you will much more likely, uh, be successful at it. You're going to, while you're at mild stress, you're going to continue to build your team. You've already circled your wagons and you're going to bring more people in and you're going to remember to reward yourself and your team for being a part of. You prioritize self-care and you meditate when you're at mild stress. They have found that if you can med meditate 20 minutes that your child's progress improves. How crazy is that? Uh, okay. Now, uh, Traven, can you take it to the next slide because it won't do it for me? Let's go, yes, let's go uh, to our video and then we're going to come back and I'm going to break it down for you guys, some of the many things that a lot of us have found to be helpful for stress. And we're going to talk briefly about She-Hulk. So take a look at this. A recent study funded by the National Institute of Health suggests that there may be a higher risk of autism in children whose mother took the pain reliever acetaminophen during pregnancy. Acetaminophen is the active ingredient in scores of over-the-counter products, including Tylenol, Excedrin, and Robitussin. So if your child was diagnosed with autism and you took any acetaminophen product while pregnant, this commonly recommended over-the-counter medication may be responsible, though additional research is ongoing. If you or a loved one used Tylenol or other medications containing acetaminophen while pregnant and later gave birth to a child diagnosed with autism, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Shapiro Legal Group is now evaluating potential legal claims by parents of autistic children. 
Call right now to see if you may be entitled to financial compensation. There are time deadlines to file a claim, so don't wait. You can reach Shapiro Legal Group at 888-657-0455. Again, that number is 888-657-0455. You can also contact Shapiro Legal Group by going to shapirolegalgroup.com forward slash autism. Shapiro Legal Group PLLC associates with attorneys throughout the country to help people nationwide and is licensed in New York and Washington, D.C. and has its principal office at 60 East 42nd Street, New York, New York. This ad was read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back. I had a second, too, to look at, check in on some of the things that you guys are, are writing about. And I love that you're, you know, saying to each other, you can talk to me, that you're not alone. You can talk to me. So let's talk about some of the things that people have found over the years to help. And this is by no means exhaustive because obviously I didn't put singing and screaming on here. And for some of us, that's really wonderful. So some of the things that help are to get your blood work done. When you go to the doctor and say, you know, get your blood work done and see if something is out of whack. When, when my son um, was uh, first being treated and I was having all kinds of stress and I wasn't sleeping, uh, it said that I was perilously low in vitamin D and that my iron was off. And so we corrected that. Then I had to add magnesium and I just recently got it done and my vitamin B12 is nowhereville. I've been so tired that I'm, I, you know, I'm like, am I dying? And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, you need something a little bit more. So don't guess, get your blood work done and address it if you need to do it. You've got to prioritize rest and sleep. And if you're not sleeping, I saw that some of you are sleeping on the floor. Now, if that's good for you and your back, fabulous. I, I would cease to exist if I had to sleep on the floor. You have to prioritize rest and sleep. And if it means that you have to call in people to get rest, if, you're, if your child is a flight risk and you can't sleep, um, I will tell you they just changed my magnesium to be at night and I'm sleeping better than I have in a while, but I have to sleep with a CPAP. That took me years to figure out um, with, you know, while I wasn't sleeping and I was stressed. But once you get sleep and your magnesium is the right thing, whew, that gets a little bit easier. Um, talk therapy, where you get to dump it all on someone who doesn't have to carry the baggage anywhere, right? To just go in and dump it all on somebody. And a lot of places right now, a lot of insurance has made telehealth talk therapy free at where you call once a week and you just get to dump. Please call the number on the back of your card and ask if that is a possibility. Um, and it might be that there's a cost or a copay, but it, you know it's really worth it, you guys, to have a place to just go foomp. There it all is. And then you can get on with your life, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, Traven was just telling me that there was a moment in She-Hulk, the uh, in the latest episode where uh, Hulk says, "I don't want to spo- spoiler alert for anybody," but Hulk says something about he's doing better at managing his stress because of cognitive behavioral therapy, and he says, "What? It's evidence-based treatment," and and he thought of me because he was like, "Oh, Shannon would love that. I do love that." I had to go get cognitive behavioral therapy because my stress level was so high that I had panic disorder and I wasn't able to drive my car. I drive my car everywhere now. It works. 
Um, and when you call that number on the back of your card, ask them, does anybody do cognitive behavioral therapy if you're having trouble with compulsions and being overwhelmed? Oh my gosh, and panic. It's so, it's good stuff. And I've been able to um, share those techniques with my son. Very helpful. That's cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. There's also ACT. ACT is a wonderful thing that's, um, that's not autism, it's acceptance commitment therapy. And more and more uh, people in the, in the uh, world of autism and ABA are using it because it's really effective. The guy who uh, wrote, a, uh, there's a book called The Reality Slap by Russ Harris. And he is a, um, I don't know whether he's uh, a BCBA or what his actual uh, if he's a therapist, but he's also a parent of a kid on the spectrum. And he wrote this great book about, about acceptance commitment therapy from his point of view as a parent of uh, a child on the spectrum. It is really helpful. Uh, when I was having worries about my son and didn't want him to go out into the world, I did some acceptance commitment therapy and it helped me, but it helped him much more because I was much more able to let him be five feet away from me. Because like someone who wrote it and said, I don't trust anybody but me with him, I felt that way too. And I tell you, you know, it feels like good parenting. I only trust myself. I don't trust anybody else with him. But that makes a very small world for your child where they don't get to go and be with their friends or ride in a car with someone else. And acceptance commitment therapy got me to the point where I could let people who were worthy of trust into his life. I'm still very paranoid about people, yeah? But I, you know, I can allow other people to be in his life and my life. Something that's really helpful is laughing. Oh my gosh, I, you know, there was a period of time when my husband and I, we would work, he would work, and then we would trade off at the door, and then I would work, and I would get home at 11 o'clock at night, and we would sit down, and we had, this is, you know, how long ago it was, we had a VHS tape of Triumph the Insult Dog. And it was like the best takes, and I don't know why, we just thought that was the funniest thing, and we would laugh and laugh and laugh until we would weep. And it was, so, it was the best therapy, and at that time, we did not know that the gentleman who is the voice of Triumph the Insult Dog has two children that are pretty impacted by autism. We didn't realize that it was an autism dad who was giving us the laugh. How amazing was that when we found that out? laughter. And, you know, if you can't make yourself laugh, uh, you know, listen, you know, they have comedy channels now. Uh, try to listen to some comedy. It will um, help, right? Meditating. We, uh, Traven has just put in to um, the, the chat, uh, he's posted, uh, the meditation that I was talking about. We also have a meditation for your kids, too, to try out. Here's the thing. We were going to try these meditations out, and if people liked them and said they were good, we were going to do a bunch more. If, if you guys listen to them, and if 12 of you write to me and say this is good, I'll do a bunch more. If they're not, then I'm not going to waste the time. But if it helps you and you're like, I could stand to have more of these, they're free. You know, just try them out and see if you want to try them. Exercise. Boy, do I wish this were not on the list because I would like to take it off the list and say, nah, that doesn't help. But I discovered during COVID what people have been telling me for years, that if you exercise, it helps you to reg regulate your stress. Uh, I'm sorry. It's true. I, I, I don't know what to say. 
But, and it doesn't have to be that you're working out until you pass out, but 10 minutes of walking has been found to help regulate stress. You can take your child with you because guess what? It helps regulate their stress too. I'm thinking of the wonderful parents, and I can't think what her name is right now, that wrote a book. They've got two sons on the spectrum, pretty impacted, both nonverbal, who they discovered that the one son, it really helped him to run. So dad started running with the one son because his hitting and, and all these other things were, were better because of extreme exercise, that he was a distance runner. So then they thought, well, let's try it with the second son. And then mom said, well, I'm going to have to get in. They all are marathon runners now. And they all talk about how much better their stress is, and it's been life-changing for all of them. Liliana, yes, it's true. Laughing at times, I love uh, to tell my parents funny stories. Love it. Uh, writing. For me, whenever I'm having a, a, a problem, I like to write it out, and I, I call it vomiting on the page. And I will write the worst, most horrible, you know, like if I'm mad at someone, whoo. <laughs> Um, I like, you know, never, and I never share them. Here's the thing. I write them and I, you know, I, I throw them away or I keep them in a file folder. When I was doing my one woman show, I read aloud the letter that I wrote to autism about a year after my son was diagnosed and, and which I said, you know, I'm mad at you autism. I didn't invite you to come to my house and you showed up and you, you know, with your big fat butt and you made it all about you. And it goes on and there's swear words in it. But I get to a point in the end where I say, so you're here and you're a part of my child. So we're going to work together, right? And that helped me to get to that point. So writing it out can be very, very helpful, right? Visualization. That's what we did at the beginning when we pictured, like, what is it that we're moving towards? How would we like to get there? And if we can reduce stress, we're more likely to get there can be very helpful for some people. Supplements and medications, obviously we talked about that. If you get your blood work done and you see that you're low in something, it can make a huge difference. I could not get my anxiety under control until I got more sleep, upped my vitamin D, and upped my magnesium. I just couldn't get a handle on it. But those things helped me to do it. And self-talk is a very big thing. How we talk to ourselves you know what they say, that what you think becomes what, uh, wait a second, I'm going to get it wrong. What you, if you want to change your life, change your mind is what they say, right? That's the hay house uh, thing. But what you, what you think becomes what you say becomes what you do becomes what you are. I think that's the one that I wanted. So when we talk to ourselves, we have to catch ourselves if we're saying things like, oh, you screwed that up too or, oh, I'm a bad parent, or I suck, or, you know, whatever, I'm fat, right? What, whatever the things are that you talk to yourself that are negative, you want to start to catch yourself and replace it. You don't have to, like, read, just replace it with something. So if you find yourself saying, I'm fat, and you say, I'm fat, I'm fabulous, right? And you will find that it changes your day, uh, and then, you know, uh, like I'm overweight and I, I'm embracing myself, right? So uh, those are some of the things that help, but obviously there were more. We brought up singing. Um, that, that's a great way. And screaming. Um, you tell me, you guys, are there other things that you have found that have helped you to deal with the stress? 
I don't have friends on here and I don't have sharing on here, but I think that sharing is a big part of what I was saying. You got to lighten your load by, by sharing it with other people. So I appreciate each and every one of you that wrote in today and said, I'm having a hard time. You know, you, you claimed your space here and said, I'm, I'm feeling the stress. And I want to say to you, yes, you are. You absolutely are. And that is a part of this journey. I wish it weren't. I wish I had the magic thing that would reduce the stress across the board. But again, I think that most of the stress is caused by wanting to do something to help your child and not, not having access to it, not knowing what it is, not knowing, you know, not having the money to afford it, all of those things that, you know, one of our biggest fears is that we're going to miss something or let our kid down. Um, and in the moment, the things, the way our child is reacting, we don't always know how to deal with. I was so terrified for a while that I, I was like, I, I, I can't take my son out because he's going to hit me or somebody else. And then I would spin and go, so we're going to be at home forever, which means what happens when he's bigger than I am? And, and, and if I had stayed in that space and not shared it with anybody, then I don't know what would have happened. I don't even want to think about that. But instead, we identified that where we wanted to get was to a place where he could communicate what he needed. And for us, that meant getting good quality ABA. For you, it might be something else, although I really, really want to tell you that good ABA is life-saving. Bad ABA is not. Um, But if you get good ABA, it has the potential to be, it changed our lives. I, I can only speak from that truth. Uh, but it's hard. That's hard to find good ABA. That was hard for me. It was hard to keep up with the schedule. It was hard to think, what else are we doing? It's hard, right? So it was still stressful, but it gets easier. And when you share it with other people and when you do find, try one of these things today. I mean, the laughing is free. You can't hardly beat that. We just gave you a free meditation, so that's free and available to you. You can go for a 10-minute walk today. That's free and available to you. How you talk to yourself is completely free and available, uh, right? Now, other things on here might be a little bit harder. Writing, free and available to you today. Uh, Visualization is free and available to you today. Getting act is a little bit harder, but there are places uh, that... You know, and if you, again, if you call that number on the back of your card and say, I need mental health support, I just wish everybody would do that. Um, and the first person you talk to may not be the person, right? But you can say to them, hey, uh, here's what I'm interested in. Somebody who can help me with uh, stress because I'm going through the process with a special needs child. Do you have anybody who specializes in that? And they might. If you have other issues, If you, you know, if how you deal with stress, for instance, is that you have a gambling addiction, make sure you tell them that and say who specializes in gambling addiction or compulsive overeating or who specializes in marriage issues that my husband and I are not seeing eye to eye on this. Who specializes in that? And, and I know that you might be thinking, well, but you know, my spouse won't go. That's okay. Uh, I will tell you that I, I know a lot of people who started going to therapy because their spouse would not go with them. And sometimes the spouse gets on board and decides to join. Sometimes that happens. So uh, don't give up. Um, but please don't just think that the stress is going to go away. 
that thing that I had on that slide about being, being willing to change, being willing to be honest, to say this isn't working, what are we going to do? I think I've got one more slide, Traven. Can you advance it? <sighs> yeah. For those of you who are listening in podcasts later on, the slide says you are worth it. This is why you need to do it because you are worth it. And your life is not meant to be filled with stress. That is not why you're here. I don't, I don't know what you believe about why you're supposed to be here, but here's what I know. You didn't, you're not here for this time to just be stressed. I know that there are stressful things happening, but I also know that you are amazing. How do I know that? Because you gave up your time today to be here. You could have been a million other places. You could have been doing other things. And this might be your first day or it might be your 700th day here with us. But it tells me you care about something other than yourself. And you are worth being cared about too. And, and while you're caring about your child or the person that you love on the spectrum and you're trying to get help and support for both of you, let's remember that if you're not there, then that is not going to help the situation. That is not the thing that would ever help the situation. And I do know parents who have gotten sick on this journey and then, you know, died. And, and I've seen what happens to their children, and it's extra stressful for their children. Their children survive, but it's harder, and they miss their parent or their loved one. So if you won't do it for yourself, and let me remind me, remind me and you, that was, that was a Freudian slip, because I have to be reminded of this too, you're worth it. We're all worth it, Right? Um, but if you won't do it for yourself, do it for the people that you love in your life because they deserve to have you and you deserve to be here. But while you're here, you deserve to have happiness and to feel at peace and to not constantly feel stressed. Um, okay, I'm just going to check in. Does everybody see where those the links are for the meditations? Um, some of my parents tell me having faith and being around positive people helps them. Yes, Liliana. I, I think that, um, I, I think it's essential that you believe in something. I won't legislate what you believe in until he says prayer has helped me, but believing in something bigger than you, uh, is a very helpful thing to realize, okay, wait a second. If I'm here for a reason and, um, you know, and I trust that the reason is good, then this is all probably a part of that. And maybe I don't need to stress as much about it. I, I frequently say to myself as part of my self-talk, when it gets a little bumpy, I go, ride the ride, ride the ride. You know, you're on the ride and the ride is going to take you where it's going to go. Ride the ride. Um, that's what I say to myself uh, some of the times. And, and I, I just said to somebody that I love very much yesterday who's going through something that's hard, I said to them, I said, my favorite phrase ever, it's from the last Marigold Hotel, it's that it will all be okay in the end. And if it's not okay now, then it's definitely not the end. And that gives me goosies. Every time I say it, I go, oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? 
And don't we see that that has been borne out before? It'll all be okay in the end. And if it's not okay now, then it's definitely not the end. So with that, my friends, I'm going to leave you. Now, on tomorrow's show, uh, we have Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Nancy Allspot Jackson will be joining me. And we've got a wonderful guest, a self-advocate, Jesse A. Saperstein is going to be joining us. We've had him on the show, but it's been years. So we're thrilled. And he's going to be bringing a friend, and they're going to be talking about uh, help for adults on the spectrum. I think it's in particular around the college years. And more and more of your, our kids are going away to college. I, I, we, I just spoke with Siri, you know, Designs by Siri's mom, Swathi, the other day. And she's going to be joining us sometime in the next couple of weeks. They've got a documentary coming out about her daughter. And Siri just started junior college yesterday, and I, or day before yesterday. And when I saw that, I just, I plotzed. I totally, whew, uh, I just absolutely loved that. She's going to talk about that. So don't, if you're thinking my child's never going to go to college, I want you to go, mm, maybe not. Maybe, th- maybe there are other things that are possible. Maybe my child will go to college. I don't know. So anyway, Tilly, I'm sending you hugs to all of you. And especially if you're going through a hard time and I hope something in this talk helped you. I hope some of the love that you felt from some, some of the other viewers helped you, but if you need to, reach out to me, Shannon at autism-live.com. I don't have all the answers, but what I do have is that sometimes I can make a phone call or two for you and try to find a resource for you. I'm happy to do that. Uh, all right? So Shannon at autism-live.com. Love to all of you. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.